and welcome to the Echoes Menopod, the podcast that tackles puberty's evil older sister, one large gin and tonic at a time. And I don't know about you, Lost, but the GNTs have become <laughs> much more frequent during lockdown. Um, I'm Susan Lee, and I'm joined by fellow journalist and my mate Dawn Collinson. Um, and I would point out that this podcast has been recorded during the COVID 19 pandemic, so audio quality may vary. So basically, bear with us. It probably isn't the gin if we don't sound quite the same as we sometimes do. (laughs) So like everyone else, during lockdown, me and Sue have been stuck at home. I'd like to say trapped, but, you know, we've been getting out occasionally only in the six. (laughs) Only in the six. Only in the six, only ever two metres apart. But what it has given all of us time to do, I think, is have a little bit more of a think and a look back on stuff. So in this double parter, we're going to take a look back at the first series of the Menopod that we did, and we're going to pick out what we think or what we like to think of as our best bits. Yeah, definitely. And we're also going to share the bits we've missed. Um, We've had some really fascinating, really entertaining conversations this series, but sometimes there's just not enough room to fit them all in because goodness knows we like to talk. So in this episode, we'll hear more from our fabulous guests about uh, living with the menopause, how it's affected them, and on life in general for women over 45. every episode what we normally do is have a bit of a chat um because we're no longer working side by side so to be honest you're just basically listening to me and sue catching up so <laughs> may as well start there how's it been sue oh well, you know what? I mean, for a minute we got a glimmer of freedom didn't we and now we maybe don't for a very small bit but i'll tell you what so i've been working from home as you have as a lot yeah. of people have for the last however many years it feels like and um, and i've really got into gardening I, do you know what oh, yeah I mean, me too do you know, so I was brought up in a terrace. I didn't have a garden. I know very similar for you, Dawn. And I always yeah. thought garden was, well, a bit dull. You know, my husband was out there mowing the lawn, yada, yada. But suddenly I've kind of really started to get into doing my pots. And I always used to think it was a bit middle-aged, a bit, a bit boring and a bit middle. Do you know what I mean? But now yeah. I love it, love it. Down the garden centre every chance I get. Honestly, I feel like it's the good life. You know the good life? Remember oh, the good life, good which life. we used to watch when we were kids. So I kind of want to, I wanted to be Felicity Kendall ages ago, but now I feel like I am because I can proudly say. <laughs> you're Margot, surely. You're Margot, not no, Felicity no, I ha- No, I'm not Margot because, and I'll tell you for why, I have produced five cherry tomatoes, so five. <gasps> wow. I'm actually self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> if we go into full lockdown, I'm living on tomatoes because I didn't actually think to plant anything else because I wasn't really convinced I could grow anything else. So I have only planted tomatoes and to be fair, only the one plant. But I have produced five cherry tomatoes and they were amazing. They were so lovely. And oh my God, in fact, so... I, I could no I cut them in half to make them last longer, even though they were only tiny. <laughs> And I sort of put one on each of our plates and I was like, try and work out which one my tomatoes are. Well, I've allocated a corner of the garden now to grow herbs next year. That's how how much I've got into it. Don't be stealing my idea. I know what you like and passing it off as your own. Cheeky cow. Listen, I've got a herb garden out there. Now, I have to tell you, I say a herb garden. I use that in a very loosest sense of the word. It's yeah, just patch, a, you know, it's it's a, a barely a patch, barely a patch. But um, but I'm eyeing that for next year. And I'm also eyeing um, maybe a little patch for potatoes. Oh, 
Do you yes. have Irish heritage? So, so, you know, you're going to growing potatoes if you've got Irish yeah. heritage. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, I, I feel like your ancestors would be proud if you produced a King Edward soup. <laughs> I don't think there'll be a King Edward. I think there'll be like like mini salad. Just Maybe like, Maris you know, Piper. No, no, no. I, don't think I, I can only aspire to a Maris Piper. But between us, if we get, I mean, if this nightmare scenario goes on until next year, let's hope it doesn't. But if it does. <laughs> we trading vegetables, yes. like bartering them. Yes. We can, what could we make with potatoes and tomatoes? Uh, not much. Uh, <laughs> and some herbs. Not unless we can start growing our own cheese soon. <laughs> Cheese anyway, points. I'm going to bring us back on. I've got, we're going to have to bring us back on track, otherwise we're going to just ramble on for the rest of the morning. So, All right, well, listen, get us back on track. I should probably guess. Me and Dawn have a lot to say. Um, sometimes it doesn't make the final cut. We're delighted to share some of those conversations with you now. So during this next chat, there was one topic on our minds, and you know what? It's a delicate topic. It's not always sort of discussed, or if it is, it's behind a. Sometimes a little spiky, so it's all about chin hair. We were talking, weren't we, about chin hair. Now, chin hair in itself, not did very... Did you just say chin hair? Uh, well, I, maybe I did. Now, I realise it's not solely the preserve of <laughs> menopausal women, but certainly we're staking our claim for... We're, we're up there with it, aren't we? Oh, we, I don't know when that happened either. I just don't know when... When the beard happened? Yes! How can that happen? It's, it's less of a beard and more just the occasional hair. Yeah, it's not I, full on greatest showman, is it? No, it isn't. It isn't. But, it, you know, it might as well be. This because is me. I feel like Father <laughs> Christmas sometimes. Oh, are they white? They are, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Actually, they're easier to disguise then. Mm. Are they really white? Some of them are, yeah. Mm. I've got white. I've had a white eyebrow. Have you had a white eyebrow? I've never had a white eyebrow. I've had a white eyebrow. It didn't live very long, <laughs> let me tell you. I looked at it. I was appalled. I thought, oh, my God, my eyebrows are grey. <laughs> You're right. The menopause is... is No, I want to get back to my chin hair. Oh, go on. Get back to your chin hair. All I was going to say is it's not. You read a lot and it's a bit doom and gloom and what have you. And actually, when I get together with my mates, with you, it's a laugh. Yeah. It can be very, very funny, like the chin hair. How do you deal with your chin hair? I, I use like the um the imaki stuff for facial stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it smells. It's disgusting. I use a pair of tweezers, but then you are at risk of having a spot after your chin hair. Oh. Also, my chin hair appears, it's only one in the same place. So does mine. Oh, well, I've got two. <gasps> two? Well, <laughs> one of them is... multiplying. No, well, no, they're not together. I don't feel like they know each other. But they're, they're sort of quite separate. One's slightly under my chin, so I can get away with not such rigorous maintenance on that one. But on the other hand, that also means that occasionally it flies under the radar and I'm not on top of it. And I will, like you said, be sitting there and I'll go, oh, there it is. And sometimes I was, I'll think, oh, Oh it's, oh, it's, oh, it's like it's slightly spiky. Oh, I need to get on that. And then I think, can other people see it? So I'll be talking to people with like my hand over my chin. Like I'm kind of pensive. Pensive. pensive not sli- pensive, just disguising your chin hair? Not, not pensive, just sort of fingertips on top of a slightly spiky chin hair. The one that's underneath my chin. The one that's on the top, obviously that's out and proud. Yeah. So I have to keep on top of that one. But the other one, sneaky little thing, is, mm. is under the chin. You see, this is why we've done this podcast, because as rubbish as it can be for a lot of women, A, it can be quite funny, but B, it can also be quite liberating. 
So if you've come out the other end of the menopause, yeah. you are... No more beard. No more beard. Uh, no more periods. No, no more, you know, none of that nonsense. You're not worrying about falling pregnant inadvertently. Um, and also you are at a stage of life where, well, I'm going to use the word crone. No, don't use the word crone. I've, don't be raising an ironic eyebrow at me. A crone, right? And don't be, look, live with this. The word crone makes me sad. A crone, I know... It's got a bad and a bit rap. Nauseous. It's got a bad rap because it makes you think of witches and what have you. It does. I picture that you know the every time you say the word, you, you're playing with your chin hair. I'm, I'm just checking whether I've got any. I think you were stroking it. That's <laughs> the stroking yours. Yeah. Well, that's true. Mm, God. Uh, no. When you say the word crone, you know what I picture. Go- you know, in the cartoon of Sleeping Beauty, where she dresses up as the old lady uh, with the apple. Yeah, and with the, chin the big hair. long with the chin hair <laughs> and the big long nose. So every time, literally. You say the word crone, my mind goes to the Sleeping Beauty woman with the big apple. But a crone is, in in olden times, a wise woman. So it's somebody who has gathered loads of life experience, has got lots of advice to give to younger people and who was valued rather than kind of hidden away and talked about in a rather embarrassing manner. About Trying to foist apples onto attractive young women. While slathering imac on her chin. Yeah. That, so that's a crone. So I think, you know, throughout this podcast, as I say, we're going to talk to Dr. I'm rejecting Paula. the word crone though. I'm not even, uh, no, that's no, I'm zero tolerance on crime. Well, let's call it reinvention then. I think we should also celebrate reinvention that there are women who will come out the other end and just be free of a f- previous life and it's a new chapter. Top of the game. Top of their game. Yeah. I'm still waiting. Yeah. The Menopod wouldn't be the Menopod without all the amazing guests we've had on. And we're so grateful for everybody who's given up their time to come and join us and chat with us and share their experiences and all their little bits of wisdom that we didn't have. So we've spoken to experts. We've spoken to fashion people. We've spoken to comedians and lots more. In the first episode, Dawn and I were joined by Lorraine McCulloch, who shared some really useful fashion tips for women over 45, um, both picking her brains about what to wear and what not to wear, what shops to go into, what to avoid, what to embrace. Um, And she also discussed her own experiences with the menopause, which was really interesting. I thought I was perimenopausal I went to the doctor and they sent me for tests and it came back and they were like no you're absolutely not perimenopausal but I fully knew that I was because you <laughs> well you just know your own yeah. body don't you of course I was perimenopausal is that what you said <laughs> in quite an angry yeah. way of course but anyway, I am so off I trotted again um you know I was having hot sweats I hadn't had a period in forever um and I was having these hot sweats and I thought I can't cope with these anyway I addressed them with I just looked you know I just scoured the internet and I just I just stopped having carbohydrates for a while and actually it stopped my hot sweats and I know that I'm really lucky that that happened to me Um, so that's really interesting so you stopped eating carbs yeah I stopped and that worked for you and it massively worked for me but I know that doesn't happen for everybody and I think I was very lucky that that did happen but I did do that and it really helped me did you do it absolutely strictly as well yeah strictly Um, and I did it because I thought I'm doing this strictly because I can't be doing with these hot sweats anyway so I did that and that was amazing but I know that's not for everybody you know at the time I went to Boots and I stocked up on, you know, um, like over the counter stuff, over the counter stuff for menopause. And I took it and, you know, and it, and it helped. The main thing with me that I found was, so then over the years, the next, 
I don't know, um, five years, I've just trundled along. But then last year, I thought, do you know what? No, in fact, it was the beginning of this year. And I thought, I'm fine. I didn't think I had new mood swings. My kids might tell you something else. Um, but I didn't think I was very mood swingy. I thought it was kind of fine. I wasn't having the hot sweats. And the only thing was, you know, I was getting, you know, I'm up and down with weight and that drives, I, I, I can't bear that. Um, but you've just got to be really strict with your diet. Uh, you know, let's face it, there's no magic trick to this. No, no there it's isn't. It's literally, you know, there's no shortcut You've got to eat. You can't get away with anything. No, no, you've got to just live. You know, you've got to be sensible with it. You've got to eat sensibly, and you've got to do some a modicum of exercise. You just have to. Um, And then, but then I I thought, you know what? I was going doing all these incredible things, like I mean, traveling to the most unbelievable places with amazing people, having great life experiences, and it was fab. But I was coming home and I was thinking, I don't feel any real sense of enjoyment with anything. Right. So that's really interesting. So let's put this in context. Mm. You are obviously a fashion stylist, mm. but you have styled many, many celebrities mm. over the year. Yeah. The years, very high profile people. Yeah. Um, so you are having this amazing lifestyle yeah. still. Yeah. And forgive me for asking, Lorraine, are you mid 50s now? I'm nearer to 60 now. Okay. So, so yeah. well, 50, I'm 58 now. 58. Yeah. So you're having these experiences that, you know, yeah. if, if you told, a woman yeah. at the bus stop about, yeah. she'd be like, oh my word, yeah. traveling to wonderfully exotic places, yeah. fashion shoots, yeah. what have you, with with, yeah. with great and names. And social stuff yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just kind of wasn't I was just kind of like, you. oh, that was lovely. Oh, that, I mean, that was amazing. But then I was thinking, but I, just, I don't know, I just didn't feel, you know, like, I don't know whether it's when, because when you're younger, you're kind of like, Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it was still, I, I knew it was fabulous, but I just didn't have those feelings of, oh my God. And I knew I was really lucky. I was, you know, every day I was like, I pinched myself and think, oh my goodness. Yes, you how weren't unappreciative I, of it. No, I'm not, un- no, I wasn't no. unappreciative at all, but I just, there was no enjoyment yeah. from it. So it's a bit, a bit empty. Yeah. So I thought, and I thought, I felt like, I just thought my home, I just feel like it's my hormones. I just felt like that. You know, you're kind of a bit in tune with your own body. Well, you know whether you're that kind of person or not, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. you know then if you become a different type of person yeah. that there must be something yeah. causing it. And I just thought, it, you know, it's got to be my hormones. Um, you know, I've got friends who see hormone specialists in America who are unbelievable and they have all this, you know, the latest organic best for you, blah de blah and they're all doing really well off it. Um, Emma Forbes is a fabulous, she's not my friend, but she's a fabulous one because oh. she's done she's done it all herself, but she also um, talks about it a lot. She's quite a good one to, you know, if you need the latest and yeah. best of what's going on, she seems to be on board with it all. Um but so I thought I'm going to go and see the doctor, and I went to see the doc- I went to see the nurse first of all. She get she was really helpful, and she gave me a list. Read that, see what you think. Come come back and see the doctor. So I went back to see the doctor, and she's a woman doctor, and I just said I just you know feel like this, and she said, well, you know, maybe I think you may be depressed, and I was like, I absolutely am not depressed. I've got nothing to be depressed about. I'm not a I'm not the kind of person that suffers. You know, I'm I'm. I just know I'm not depressed. I'm absolutely not depressed, but there's something isn't right. Um, and she she said, I think you would be better. I think the risks associated with HRT and antidepressants, it would be better for us to give you 
antidepressants. And did she do that? No, I wouldn't have them. I'm like, not doing that. But I just thought, do you know what? Some, you know, a, a regular woman who yeah, hasn't yeah. read up on all this and is just feeling awful goes to the doctor and it's like, oh, you need antidepressants. I know I don't need antidepressants. Well, I'm pretty sure I don't. Well, no, I think it takes quite a lot of confidence as well to stand up to a doctor who's, who's gay. So then how many women must there be out <clears throat> there who are being misprescribed? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because if, if this is... A lot of the symptoms that you experience, you're not that sure about what's causing them, but you kind of put them down to being yeah. hormonal. But you kind of trust, don't you, that they'll be able yeah. to identify them and that they'll spot what it is and go, oh, yeah. And not that they'll go, oh, you're depressed. You think, no, actually, what you're talking about is something that's quite a recognised mm. symptom of mm. menopause, isn't mm. it? It's that kind of slightly doomy feeling. Yeah, it's only because I'd read a lot, you know, yeah, I'd read up yeah. a lot about it. But you're right, it. if you haven't then you take their word for it. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you've got, you're on antidepressants and, yeah. then you, and then you've got another problem then because then you're on exactly. antidepressants and you've got to try and come off them. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If you're, you know, if you're a regular woman and you've got kids or, I don't know, elderly parents and you're running a house and yeah. you're running a you job, time. you haven't got time. Yeah. You feel a bit rubbish yeah. and you go to the doctor yeah. and if you just want a quick fix to stop feeling like mm. this and the doctor says here's mm. some Prozac then do you know what you'd be tempted to take yeah. it I've got mates who've, who've done it yeah, absolutely. it's done nothing for them yeah. or no. it's maybe taken the edge off a little bit mm. but I just wonder whether doctors need to be I mean doctors are under huge pressure they all the time wise I get that but whether there needs to be a little bit more um Information and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Brain fog. Um, awareness. awareness. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Awareness amongst GPs. Yeah. And you know what? We're not saying there are some women out there who will benefit from Prozac. They will. Yeah. They oh, will. Because they're genuinely yeah. depressed. Yeah, but totally. because and and let me tell you, you know, I, I I've got friends who have been depressed and it's the most horrific thing that anyone could have to go through. Um, So I'm not belittling that in any way because that's horrendous. But for me, I just knew for me that that wasn't what... It's not the first port of call or shouldn't be for every woman going to the doctors to say... I mean, it's it's a bit of a shame. There's a a hormone specialist in Cheshire. She's inundated at the moment. Um, and you can go and see her. She'll spend an hour and a half with you and she'll go through literally everything. And that's amazing. But not everybody's got £350 to spend on no, an hour the and a half No, the vast majority of people don't have the exactly. time or the money no. for that, which is a shame then, isn't yeah. it? Because, again, it comes down Everyone to confidence benefit from it. because you've got to have the confidence then to open up a conversation with the GP and say... Mm. Well, you know, I think it might be the menopause and you think you go in and you're almost apologetic because you mm. feel like you're diagnosing yourself yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's their job to do that. So you sort of go, well, I was thinking it might be. And mm. you sort of almost apologise when yeah. you're saying it, don't yeah. you? And especially then if they come back and go, well, I don't think it's that. I think it takes quite a bit of nerve to, to go, well, do you know what? I kind of disagree with you. Mm. I I know me. And but it's like when we've we've all had children, and you know when there's something wrong with your child, mm. and no matter what a doctor or whatever says to you, yeah. And we've done so many stories as journalists where it's a parental instinct that saves children yeah. often mm-hmm. in the face of medical diagnoses, yeah, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And so it's the same for your own body, isn't it? Nobody knows your own body like you do, and you need to take advice. But equally, I mm. think you've got to stand up for yourself and yeah. say, well, actually, that isn't. That isn't me. Yeah, yeah. me what, feeling like this yeah. is not the norm. Yeah. No. So I want you to explore other angles and, sure. and don't be afraid to ask them to keep exploring yeah. because that's what, like I said, helps people. Yeah. You know, if you say, well, do you know what? I, I don't accept that. And a lot of people 
fight shy of saying mm. I don't accept what you're saying it's and, hard. and I'm not saying it it's in hard, a, I'm it? not being rude and mm. I'm not being disrespectful but I would like you to look at other options and keep going please because what you've suggested isn't me mm. well do you know what there are 34 34 symptoms of the menopause mm. people think menopause oh it's hot oh, flushes and yeah. it's this and yeah. it's this this I didn't know until I reached the grand age of 50 mm. that actually the fact that my bones hurt yeah my joints hurt. Yeah. It was a symptom of the menopause. Yeah. I had myself dead and buried. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. And it was only when... Or I, arthritic. Yeah. Well, arthritic was the best. Yeah. The worst option <laughs> was something much worse. Yeah. And actually, it's the menopause. Mm. It's your, your bones and your joints, particularly your joints, mm. or my joints, certainly, mm. hurt. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it's, it's, it's arming yourself with as much information as you possibly can before then perhaps going to your GP mm. and discussing it. Yeah, and not being afraid to just ask and say, yeah. please keep going. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Great. Fashion stylist Lorraine McCulloch there speaking about her own experiences. And if you want to hear more from Lorraine, you can listen back to our very first episode, Fashion and the Menopause. She's got some really great advice on there on where to get the best pieces for the perfect clothing, the perfect look for women over 45. Now, one of the things people said most to us was that as they started to get older, they also started to feel a little bit more invisible which I don't think is ever likely to happen for me and Sue because wherever we are, you can always just hear us. We might, well, you might not be able to see us, but you can definitely always hear us. How rude. This clip from our Brain Fog episode, BBC journalist Cheryl Varley discussed exactly that feeling. It coincides, menopause coincides with so many other big issues in your life and because you don't know it's the menopause that's affecting you because you know you go into the menopause completely not knowing what's going on you google and it says you're going to lose estrogen from your body well what does that mean what does that mean do you remember when you had babies and they they had they were teething and somehow from teething they got nappy rash and it was like how does that affect all of your body well it's like that with the menopause you're not going to get nappy rash but you are going to (laughs) wonder although you might I mean god knows you might (laughs) you are going to wonder how this effect how, how can this be affecting me so you look at the other circumstances in your life and you think well maybe it's that that's causing me to feel so sad and not being able to function and not being able to remember things and my mind just not being sharp and it coincides with things like your children are leaving home so you know for me as a mother for 35 years it's a central job in your life apart from you know you're working but that's your key role in life and god knows there's times when you want them to leave and (laughs) give you a bit of peace you know but when they actually go and then suddenly you're in the house on your own absolutely i tell you what that is that is an episode in its own right, I think. That has a huge impact on you. That's going on at the one end. On the other end, you often have, like, you. that's a period when your parents are actually starting to go into dementia and Alzheimer's. With me, it's my mum. And, you know, and that is stressful. You know, my mum, we put her into sheltered accommodation, but she kept escaping and getting found by dog walkers and joggers in a nighty and all out of the morning. You know, it's so, and also, in a selfish way, you kind of look at that and you think... Is that me in ten years' time? Is that me in twenty? So you've got those things going on. You've got you've got you're also aging, which is is no fun for anybody. You know that's 
not what you want to happen when you know you look at your face and lines are appearing and look you at your face and you think there's my mother do you know it's just it's so frustrating is that right? do you know you just keep seeing you know i notice it most when i'm driving and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and there's more grey hairs on my well, head. Never, never look, in, never look in the mirror, never. Not when full sun's in your face as well. And so all of that's going on, yeah. right? So that, so I think for the first four, five, six, maybe six or seven years of the menopause, I didn't even realise that it was the menopause that was having such a profound effect on me, because I was looking at the all the circumstances. Yeah. And trying to fix it. So can you understand then why women of a certain age, I hate that phrase, I'm going to rephrase that, why women over 45 or over 50 or over 55 or whatever feel as though they start to disappear? Do you think in some ways they not want to disappear, but it's more comfortable? Do, do you know what I mean? Of course it is. Right. There's this kind of perception and there's truth in it that that society doesn't value older woman, older women, so they become invisible. And that's absolutely true. You see that. And that's a problem for society as a whole. But what I experienced is there's a part of you that wants to become invisible because you're just not functioning properly. So you're just sad or sometimes you're angry and sometimes sometimes you feel like you're turning into grumpy old women. Do you know what I mean? I, like, you know, there was kids playing in the street the other day and it was really irritating me, the noise <laughs> of the kids playing in the street. Well, you know, that would have never irritated me in the past. So you're struggling to function sometimes at work. You're just feeling like you just don't look as nice as you used to look. You know, sometimes with some women, it affects them in terms of putting weight on. Yeah. You just, you just, it's not like you want to kill yourself. It's just like you just want to step out of the world. You can hear more from Cheryl and our other guest, Dr. Kath Moore, in our Brain Fog episode. Now, it's happened to all of us and we chat and laugh about all our own stories of forgetfulness and absent-mindedness um, and what it's like to walk into the kitchen and think, why am I here? Who am I? Um, so check that one out. So back to me and Dawn. Uh, and in this next clip, we were wondering whether men experienced similar issues as women as they got older. Um, and guess what? We concluded they absolutely do not. They really don't. Do, do you think men have this? No. Do, do they heck? Are you sure? I am 100% sure that they... Because they're switch. getting older as well. No, 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 no. In the way that they will eat pies and not care and think, oh, I've just got a little bit fatter. Not bothered. <laughs> Uh, women would not we, I think women don't tend women will focus on oh I shouldn't do that I probably shouldn't do that I probably shouldn't. men are like that it'll all be fine <laughs> and what's more I'm going to sleep and I'm switching off and I swear that men start the following day like with a clean slate yeah do you know what it's reset it's, yes. it's a reboot yeah. you're absolutely right yeah. I've noticed that factory I mean, reset god love my morning. husband he's a, he's a dear man but he goes to bed he is a dear and he just, he goes to sleep yeah and 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 that's it. and then he gets up and it all starts all over mm -hmm. again I never ever get the impression he's lying there troubled no no there's no residual issues is no, there no there aren't no, no, no. Not every all. day a clean slate and that's the other thing that we, we were talking about saying you know 
there's all this thing about wellness and do we have to be mindful and yeah. whatever. And I think there's a big industry built up around mindfulness. You're not going to say self-care, are you? I'm not going to say self-care. However, because I'm, can I just I say, so when did self-care become a thing? Is it not just a glass of wine in the bath? Well, it is. It kind of is, isn't it? But I think, and I was discussing this with somebody else only a few days ago, what women are very bad at is being selfish with their time. Yes, I would absolutely agree. Because we're generally, and it's I know it's a sweeping generalisation, are the primary caregivers. Generally in, in a house, especially if you've got children. But we're also the primary worriers about everything. Yeah. Or not worriers in, as in, oh God, I'm laying awake at night. But just kind of, we're trying to organise everything. And I think you're right. We bear the burden. Yeah. The greater burden. in a burden. kind of martyry way. No, no, no. And it's, it is a sweeping generalisation, but women do bear the greater burden of running the home, organising things, yeah. making sure the Rubik's Cube slots together. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, who could do that? And you're right. We are, and it's an old adage, but we are bottom of the list yeah. after everybody else. So I think while you talk about self-care and it sounds a little bit oof. You know, New agey. A little bit and a little bit like, I think there's I think there's a slight bandwagon rolling there. Yeah. And I am a little bit, I really cynical about some of it. But some of it, I genuinely think, what it actually is, it's it, it for ordinary people. Now, there'll be loads of people who go off on retreats and that's yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. But most ordinary people trying to juggle a job and home and blah, 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 don't have time to go off on a retreat. It'd be, it'd be lovely. I'd like to do that. Don't have time. Can I come? If you go, can I come? Yes. Top. We, yeah, but I think people will be annoyed with us on a retreat. <laughs> so, but I think what it is in terms of a real life is just actively thinking, no, do you know what? I'm going to switch off from everything else, all that noise around me that's in my brain at 3am. I'm going to switch off for it and I'm going to just do something away from it all nice. And we've spoken before. I go and cycle and read mm-hmm. and I'll go for an hour or two. Granted, I do it more when the weather's nice. I am a fair weather cyclist. I'm not one of those people that you see in a... In a in Lycra. No. In the Russian rain. Oh, no. Good Lord. But no. does that help with brain fog, though? Yes. I mean, we've talked about, yes. you know, switching your mind off and what have you, but does that help focus your thoughts? Yes, I think it does, because I think what it does is it clears out all the debris, even if it's only for a short time. Okay. Otherwise, I think you get overloaded with it. And it's like, my hard drive's full. Yeah. And, and, and I can't, you know, there's too much. And it's like, you know, when you when you clear your cash on your computer and yeah, your yeah, laptop yeah. and you think, oh, everything's running a little bit better now. And I actually think it does help because I think otherwise your kind of life's a little bit manic, isn't it? Most people's lives is a Most little bit manic are. to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah. More know. manic than ever. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've got the whole social media thing. Yeah. People are on all the You're time, never connected switched off. all exactly. the time. You never really switched off. And I think if you can just find, even if it's half an hour, and you write a glass of wine in the bath or just just sitting and having a read or just sitting and do just saying to yourself, do you know what? For this half an hour or this hour, me, just me, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna switch my phone off and I'm gonna not worry about what I'm going to get the kids for tea or I'm not going to worry about this or I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to do something I enjoy doing for half an hour or an hour in peace. It just in peace. And it's so nice. And you come out and you actually do feel weirdly refreshed, I think. Okay. Well, that's been really interesting. And if you do go off on a spa retreat or, yeah. or a cycle with your, with your Lycra yeah. and your book, can I come? Yeah. If I promise to be quiet. Promise not to be quiet. You can definitely come. Okay. 
Now, parenting, as we know, does not stop when our kids fly the nest. Oh, no, neither the parenting nor the constant drain on your bank balance. Um, in this clip from our Empty Nest episode, we hear Dr. Naomi Hodgson, Senior Lecturer in Education at Liverpool Hope University, and Julia Finch, a mum of two boys in the 20s. They talk to Dawn and I about the unpredictability of children and, I guess, the unpredictability of being a mum. Yeah, an empty nest, which I now went from being, not quite being, to now being, because yeah. I'm now the empty nester, aren't I, Sue? So I'm with you. Absolutely. That's another hurdle, isn't it? The return of the adult child. And I think increasingly people leave home and then come back. Don't That's they? a whole new podcast. Oh, it is. It's the return. Well, yeah, because there's that thing of, of parenting an adult, isn't there? Yeah. As opposed to parenting a child. And yeah, you're right. That's a new that's a new minefield. I need to get over minefield one first. Yes. But that's another thing thing that we've developed a word for, the boomerang generation. Yes. You go away yeah. and then they come back again. We've got terminology for everything. I know. <laughs> but we all know, know how to sort it out. But when you got, said helicopter <laughs> parenting, we all went, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So because it, these the things pass into our kind of day-to-day language they give us a kind of an easy label to fit on something and go right I know yeah, what you're yeah. talking about when you talk about that um, and it gives you something to google as well yes I've got a name for this but it also shows how much we're scrutinizing with. it because we've obviously looked over things that have talked about helicopter and we've thought what if that's me mm. what if it's yeah. going, to, going yeah. to be me yeah and also because naturally it's a kind of it's a period of transition we kind of feel like we're in limbo maybe and so we want to find a solution for it mm. and it's well it's you know, it's being a parent, it's raising children. There, there, is, there is no there kind is of fixed end point yeah. no. where you've done, where you can go, yes, I've done it successfully, job done. Because you will always be stuck with those questions about, did I, what do I do next? What's my relationship with my children? What do they expect from me now that they don't live here, but I'm still their mum, you know, all of yeah. these things. Um, and so I think that's one of the things I would say is just acknowledging that these, so you said before, you know, it was it felt awful that you wanted him to stay when he didn't yeah. go on his gap period, but it's not awful, it's natural. Yeah. You know, if you were actively being, you know, manipulative, that would be awful. Yeah. But having that emotional response just yeah. seems quite natural and having, a, having mixed feelings about it as well. Yeah. Having a sense of, I'm going to do this once they've gone and I've got this time to myself, but equally, if they were still here for another few years, that would also be fine. Oh, yeah. So it's having that kind of, you are in that in-between position, which yeah. is always going to be hard to kind of reconcile, I think. I think that in-between position goes on for quite a long time, though, as well, actually, because, you know, university, they don't really leave home because they're very dependent on you, both financially and, you know, physically, because they, you know, on holidays, they need to come back. And I think when they leave, exactly. And when they leave, um, when they've graduated and they go to their first jobs, you know, that that's, they're still sort of very much attached to you because they're probably not going to be married and have families of their own. And I, I think for me, I've just realised there's no point second, trying to second guess what the next no. stage is. You just have to see what happens well, because yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. So, you know, I, I, you know, are they going to stay in the country even? Are they going to go to Aberdeen or to Southampton, which is very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very nice place um, just to minimise any offence. <laughs> Or or what? Where where are they? You know what is the next stages? So I I think you have to kind of concentrate on yourselves as well. So I think you have to understand, you know, who am I in this post immediate child world, and who are we as a couple, and what? How do yeah. we function? What do we want? Because I don't think you can wrap yourself up in your children either, because they have a right to go off and do their own things. Yeah. So and I think it just emerges. So every year 
you know, I have long stopped thinking this is going to happen. This yeah, is what's going to, I've yeah. just gone, well, okay, well, we'll deal with whatever, you know, comes our way and we'll manage that. If there's one thing you do learn, it's the unpredictability of children, isn't it? <clears throat> yes. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I, th- yeah. and I think it doesn't matter whether you're a single parent, what state your relationship is in, what the relationship with your child is like, where you're at in terms of your kind of career or anything like that. What will prepare you well, as you've kind of just shown, is how willing and able you are to deal with change. Yes. I think yeah. that becomes the, the key thing. Because people are frightened to change. Oh, yeah. Changes. I is, hate change. It, it, people are nervous of it. They like what they know and they know what they like. I'm change averse. Mm, you're yeah. going to have to get over that yeah. in September. One of the things we learned while recording the menopause is that the best way to discuss the menopause is frankly by having a laugh. Laughter is the best medicine and the person prescribing it in this next clip is comedian Pauline Daniels. Um, Pauline's an absolute hoot. She's been on the circuit doing all sorts of things for a very long time. She's an actress uh, and stand-up. Um, she's been on telly, she's been in film. Um, but most of all, she's a very real person. So even though she is, you know, she has a showbiz personality, she's very honest when she talks. In this conversation, as you'll hear, she discusses everything from going naked on stage in the Calendar Girls to finding the laughs when seeking uh, medical help for her prolapsed womb, which frankly, <laughs> you would think she'd struggle to find the laughs, laughs in, but she managed. The other thing that's happened to me with the menopause uh, is because I was on those hormone blockers, uh, I now have a a prolapsed womb. Oh, really? Because of that, because all the estrogen's gone uh, and whatever. And strangely enough, um, my mum had a prolapsed womb when she was 76, which we discussed and said that um, she was probably too old to have a hysterectomy. So I took her to the doctor, well, took her to the hospital. And because she said to me, will you come with me? Because nobody's been down there since you were born. <laughs> so I went, yeah, of course I will. So uh, we went this lovely, lovely, lovely doctor. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, he was absolutely gorgeous. He came in, he examined her and he said to her, um, he said, well, we've got a choice story and we, we can either do a hysterectomy. And I said, we've discussed that. We'd rather not. And he said, or we can leave it. And I said, well, she's in too much pain with her back, so we'd rather not. Or we can put in a ring. Oh, okay. So uh, my mum said, yeah, I think um, I'd like to go for the ring. And I said, great, we can hire you out, you know, for people who are learning how to swim, just hang on to you. And... uh, (laughs) I Your even mother. I she's even had a lifetime of oh, you. I even used to do that in my act. I really did. And it got worse because anyway, when she went, she, she had this ring in. When she went back, the doctor said, how are you getting on? And he was lovely. Oh, first of all, when he said about the ring, he said to her jokingly, what size are you? Of course, my mum's face. And I went, she's six and seven, eight, same as a hat. And... <laughs> Um, so, and then when we went back, he said to her, have you got on with this ring, Dorian? She said, well, um, I go out shopping with my husband and then uh, around about 12 o'clock, my back starts to ache. And he said, have you tried shopping with somebody else's husband? <laughs> he was, <laughs> oh, he was what a sweet fabulous. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he left and we went, I took her one day and she was waiting because she was waiting for this new guy because by this time she needed a hysterectomy. And uh, this absolutely gorgeous, drop-dead gorgeous, handsome, 
big black guy walked out the door with guitar leads, as, as you'd call them, uh, and he said, my mum went, oh, no, will it be him? And I went, why, what's up? I said, he looks gorgeous. So she went, oh, I don't know. I said, you'll be fine. So anyway, we went in, and it was him. And um, he said, well, we do it by suction these days. I went, mum, you can borrow me Dyson if you like. It's dead easy. <laughs> so we <laughs> we were having a laugh. And when she had this hysterectomy, I went in to see her, um, and... Um, she was absolutely amazing. She really was. And when I took her back six months later, she saw um, him again. She threw her arms around him and she said, thank you for giving me my life back, Aww. which was absolutely amazing. And she did get her life back, you yeah. know, she could walk and she wasn't bothered by this. But that's one of the things that's happened with me now. Really? So, so your repeat history repeating yeah. itself? So I'm now every few months off to the women's to um, to get my own rubber ring in to teach kids how to swim. Um <laughs> Which is also, those things happen. And also, I mean, luckily for me, I don't have, um, you see, you couldn't talk about these things 10 years ago. Luckily for me, I don't have any problems with a leaking bladder. But But women do. There are a lot of women who do. Um, And I'm sure it's all down to lack of oestrogen and things like that, you know, because that's what they told me about this prolapse. Because I said, hang on a minute, I've had one child... I've hardly been promiscuous. I might have had a lot of husbands, but they weren't really busy in that, uh, you know, in that area of life. Um, so what's going on? And they said it's the lack of oestrogen. I think hormones. We all go, oh, it's hormones, as though it's kind of a one size fits all. But I think your the uh, fluctuation in hormone and lack of hormone is responsible for all sorts of things. Well, yeah, all sorts of things. I've got friends. And I'm going to talk to you about this, who have lost their confidence, completely lost their confidence. Now, you're in Calendar Girls, and I'm assuming you are all but starkers on stage. Yeah. You don't strike me as a woman lacking in confidence, but how did you... How did you get your head around being able to do that? Um, it was very, it was very difficult because um, I obviously, after having um, the breast cancer, had some reconstruction, um, and I was really frightened to death about even taking my bra off in front of the other girls mm. because I don't want anybody to see. I mean, I've got to be honest and say it's not bad. Um, it, since the, the, I've had three little uh, lipo sculpture uh, operations, um, so it's not that bad. Um, but you know, don't but you? You know yourself. Yeah. But it's a damn sight better than it was yeah. because the underneath of my breast had completely collapsed because of the infection that I'd had. Right. Um, and so basically they took fat out of my hips and put it into, I, I did actually try and, uh, you know, bribe him to put fill a big bucket full of my fat from my hips, but he wouldn't. There was that and that was going on in my head. And I thought, um, and, and of course, the menopause does knock your confidence, especially when, as I was saying, when I'm, you're working and you're your memory goes for a second and you lose concentration and you think, oh, my God, I, I'm not as good as I was. I'm not yes. as sharp as I was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, and then let, trying to learn Shakespeare. Oh, my God, I can't learn Shakespeare. I can't learn lines. All of those things, they do get on top of you. Um, and it was really, really funny. I don't know whether I can say this word. I'm sure I can. But we were saying, I, I, I was telling you previously, the first time I went on um, to play Jesse, um, we got as far as the conference in Calendar Girls, then we all come off and we all get stripped. 
uh, and like you know microphones get moved around so that you know you can't see them and whatever which is a very difficult thing when you've got no clothes on oh, but best. anyway um i'm not even going to ask where they hide the microphones so, <laughs> legs on your leg okay <laughs> but um we literally came off stage and we were about to go into the quick change area and Denise Welsh just looked at me and said, oh, well, all you've got to do now is get your tits out. And I just went, (gasps) because I'd almost forgotten that I had to do that. The reason I was actually playing that part, by the way, because up until then I'd been keeping my clothes on. Um, Ruth Maddock had fallen in um, Dublin and broke her hip in four places. I told her never to go to those four places again, but anyway... (laughs) She, look out God there. bless her. <laughs> so um, I was then, she was, she's been off for 10 months. So I was then thrown in at the deep end. So really I didn't have an awful lot of time to think about it. And But when she'd said that, all of a sudden I thought, oh my God. Here we go. Oh my God. And everything is done extremely tastefully. Um, and you rely on the other girls to keep your gown up while right, you're moving yeah, yeah. around and whatever till you get into your position and you cover yourself, with, in my case, it's with knitting um, and all of those things. Um, and then we all go on with a big cracker, but you can't see anything for, you know, the I'm cracker kind of covers. Crest, right. Yeah. Because um, I did actually say to them, when I first went on, the girls were all a lot taller than me. And I said, excuse me, um, could I have some higher shoes? And the wardrobe man said, why? I said, I'm a bit frightened you might see me new, new. Um, <laughs> because they've got they've got this this cracker lifted quite high and I'm quite short. So anyway, that was all sorted and great now because the new casts are all small. Everything's fine. Um, but... After I'd done it the first time, I thought, hang on a minute. You've gone through hell and all with this and it's a badge. And you know what? If someone sees your badge, tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good way of looking at it, isn't it? And um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I let go of my gown and um, Sarah Jane Buckley, who was supposed to be holding it, didn't get hold of it quick enough it fell completely, so Pauline was completely um, exposed. Stalkers. <laughs> wow. Which I found quite funny. I mean, it was like, I don't know, 12 months ago, I'd died. I'd have gone, no, no way. Now, does it, it, now so that confidence, has that come with it's, it's, age, being more comfortable in your own skin? I think so, yeah, I think so. And I think also knowing that you've uh, you've beat the menopause, apart from the flushes, you've beat cancer, um, apart from the scars. Uh, so why not? Why not be confident again? Um, and I did find going back after after the uh, after the breast cancer, actually going back to work, I found that uh, a little bit scary because yeah. my confidence had been completely knocked. Because I do think if because um, I remember when I went about this ring business for this prolapse room, I remember the nurse saying to me, "Well, you've got a choice really. We can put a ring in, or you can have a hysterectomy." Uh, and I remember. Like saying to her, I, I, I can't have a hysterectomy. And she went, why? And I said, because because you've already taken one of my boobs. Please don't take away the other thing that keeps me complete as a woman. Mm. And that really hurt me. Mm. And, um, you know, what is it? Take away the take away the caddy cotton, leave the playpen. Um, That's a really interesting insight because... That's something else that I'd not really thought about then until you'd said it, that the menopause is 
the end of something. It's the start of something. Yeah, of course it is. But it's also it's the a end. chapter closed. Yeah. Because, you know, you can, even if you wanted to have a yeah. child, Mother Nature's going, nah, not so much. Yeah. And it is the closure of something. And I wonder if that kind of feeds into it does, how women feel about it. It does. And it fe- and it does feed into your confidence. And, and But when I went home and I spoke to, in fact, I was talking to Fern Britain, she'd had a hysterectomy. Unfortunately, she'd got sepsis after it. Oh, really? She nearly oh. died. Um, and that's only about three years ago. Um, but I was talking to her about it and she said, uh, do you know what, Pauline? I would always have always have a hysterectomy if it was offered to me because you know what if they take it away there's less that can happen to it and cool. yeah and you think oh fabulous yeah that is yeah. a great idea that you know and, and I did sort of come round to thinking well yeah if I have to have a hysterectomy then fine at the moment I'm quite happy with my ring Good. um but when I when I first went to them about the I, I was doing Fiddler on the Roof at the um I remember I saw month. you in it I, I loved it and I loved all the dances but I was struggling because I had this prolapse and I hadn't had anything done about it and on the first night, um, the press night, we were having a party, having a drink. I was talking to the choreographer and he said to me, uh, oh, Pauline, he said, everybody was amazing. And I said, well, I- I'm going to uh, the women's tomorrow. And he went, what for? And I said, well, I've been dancing with a prolapsed womb. And he went, well, I said, yes, I've been frightened to take my boots off in case it was in there. <laughs> Did he spit his drink out? <laughs> I said, I did throw my legs out the bed too quick of a morning in case I lose it. Um, <laughs> but but it's, 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 all of those things do take away. It's, it's just chipping away, chipping away, chipping yeah. away. I don't think this happens to men in any way, shape or form. Because I don't think, uh, I don't think losing your hair or getting a beer belly or um, maybe erectile dysfunction Maybe yeah. knocks your conscience, your confidence, but um, I, I don't think anything else gets to men like like it gets to women. And I, I think do. You're right. We've got we a pretty bad deal. But having said that, we do have better clothes and better hair and better makeup than the fellas. So I'm happy with that. And that's all we've got time for on the Echo Menopod. It's been absolutely lovely to hear more from the wonderful guests we've had on this series. Uh, Please don't forget to listen back to all of the episodes where Dawn and I discuss everything from alternative therapies to men and Paul's myth bolsting, brain fog and empty nests and uh, reinvention in midlife. We'll be back for one more episode in this first series of the Menopod, looking back at the best bits. So let us know if you've got any favourite moments, anything that made you laugh, anything that really helped you, anything that maybe you chatted about with some mates afterwards. The Echoes Menopod has been a laudable production for the Liverpool Echo. You can download the Menopod wherever you listen to your podcasts, but for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. If you like what you heard, please rate and review our podcast and help other listeners to discover us too. See you soon. Bye.